Welcome, Business Geeks, back to another Business Geeks podcast. Today, we have a wonderful show here for you. It's only the two of us. It's Sam and I. I am Super Joe Pardo. That is Samantha Riley from SamanthaRiley.Global. I uh, hope uh, if you have any questions today relating to your business, please drop them in the chat below. Let us know where you're watching from, where you're listening from, if you're just like got it playing in the background or something like that. We have a show for you today. A <laughs> uh, couple different topics. And, and I think this one is, you know, I sent this video. Well, first off, Sam, how are you doing? How, how, how's everything? I'm doing very well, Joe. As you can see, we're packing up. We're getting ready to make a big move. So Woo! there's not much happening in the background there. And after this, I think the rest of that's going to make its way to a box as well. But how are you, Joe? How are oh, you feeling? Because you were sick last time that I, we spoke to I, you. I, <laughs> uh, I still had the remnants of the cough. The cough thing just, you know, it's one of those things that just doesn't want to die. It never wants to let go. And it makes it really, really tough. What is up, Brent Basham? Good to see you in the Brent chat today. Brent Basham. Yay. Hey. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. Just still a lot of cough, a lot of mucus, and just, you know, just working my way through it. Other than that, better than I was. Better than well, I was. Well, hopefully in the next hour we'll make you feel just so amazing that you'll forget you even had the cold. I hope so. I hope so. So today, there was a video I sent you last night. Well, it was uh -huh. my last night. You're, I guess, yesterday morning. No, I got it through. No. You, actually, when it? you sent it, it was, this, it was in quite late in the afternoon. And I was thinking, oh, okay. what are you doing up at this time of the night? It was, yeah, well, it's like 1130, uh, 11, 11.30 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this video, I just happened to come across my recommended feed. It's called The Lies You Have Been Told About Side Hustles and Multiple Streams of Income. It's by a guy who has a channel called How Money Works. I've been a fan of the channel for a while, and it just happened. I think I'm subscribed. Am I subscribed? I am subscribed. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, so this came out on March 8th, and there was a couple of things that really, I think, were sticking points to me that I wanted to bring up here on the show. And it's kind of a shame that Jen's not here to indulge totally. in this topic because I think she would really have a field day. Maybe well, I'll send it to her, and the next time we can convene here, we can get her in on this. So... Some of the lies, right? So uh, let me share my screen. So the side hustle checklist, right? So according to his checklist, which I think, well, there's actually three and there was four. four. There's four, but this is the page that shows all four of the checklist, right? Number one, it must make money in order for it to be considered a side hustle and not a hobby. A hobby. Right. And number two, it must have a flexible schedule. Number three, you must be capable of doing it. And then the number four... Oh, there. Should the little preview thumbnails are not lining up with what is there. Should this just be your job? Mm. And the example that he gave in the video, and I, I definitely recommend you go and check out the video. I can, you know, I can link it below, but is like, well, if you wanted to make extra money and you're like, okay, I'm going to go cut lawns, right? Well, in order to get enough lawns to cut to make it worth the time and effort you have to go and like knock on people's doors and cold call and things that you know most people generally don't like to go and do mm -hmm. but if you're really good at that aspect of it maybe 
you should just do that aspect, the sales, you know, the cold calling for somebody else. So you don't have to worry about pushing a lawnmower around or driving a lawnmower around in the meantime, and instead can just focus on getting more clients because you're really, really good at the cold calling part, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, at that point, are you in agreement so far? Because I know <sighs> it seemed like you didn't I, totally agree when, when uh -uh. Your, your response was, no, oh, that's interesting. No, no, I did not agree with this video. And I didn't tell you that before we started recording because I wanted to keep it, keep it fresh and bring a new perspective. You and I are very good friends and we agree on a lot, but on this particular topic, we don't. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is good. We, you know, in this show, we tend to agree a lot or two of the three of us will agree a lot. So it's good that actually, usually it's me and Jen. <laughs> Usually it's That's... the girls against the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So it's me and uh, and me and myself and Leon in his headphones listening to the show, editing <laughs> it later the fact. Thanks, Leon. Appreciate you. Okay, so and shout out to everybody, Locutus, Scott. Yeah, all Axel, the people that are saying hi. You. So <laughs> oh. good. So we're talking about, you know, the lies you've been told about side hustles and multiple streams of income. So what part of the four, is there something about the four rules, the checklist that okay, you don't obviously, agree on? I definitely agree in number one, definitely agree with that, definitely agree with number two. So what he's talking about just to break t that number two down is you must have a flexible schedule because your side hustle needs to work around your regular job. So get that. You must be capable of doing it. Totally get that. Number four, don't agree with, should this just be your job? Because there are some people that are quite happy just to push a lawnmower around on the weekends. And he does go in the video, he talks about, you know, people don't like to come out of their comfort zone and do that. You know, if they don't like that, just, you know, get a new job that pays more. Well, I've never met anyone that loves job interviews either. To me, sitting there through a job interview is just as uncomfortable as going cold calling. It's the same thing as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Joe? Uh, not, not entirely. I mean, look, I have only, have I ever been, I think I've been in like two job interviews ever. And yeah, most of I the guess... job interviews I've had, I've been the one interviewing, not. I was going to say, not everyone's the got the benefit of having a family business that they work for. Like, well, you know, I, so it's a little bit there. different. So, and I have, so like I interviewed at Best Buy, I think when I was like four, 15, 16 years old. And I also went, I didn't really do an interview when I worked at HopeWorks because yeah. it was already kind of like preordained that like this was like this, you were selected, you were chosen. And you were the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where, so I don't think that they're uncomfortable, but oh, I, hang I on. will he, say. Scott says he'd rather go to the dentist instead of an interview. I mean, I'm oh. I'm with you, Scott. Like totally. Like they're not they're not very nice. Here's the other thing that I guess was in my mind as I was watching this video. My dance, my very first business was a dance studio, and that was my side hustle while I was working my corporate gig. And what happened was I was working the corporate gig. I only decided to start the dance studio. It was a, as a side hustle just to bring in some extra cash. It was never going to turn into anything huge and then within the first year we decided to open a dancewear store and that was because we saw an opening in the market or a gap in the market 
so if I hadn't have done that side hustle, it wouldn't have turned into my full-time gig. I wouldn't be here talking to you now. I'd probably still be in some job that I hate. I, I mean, I don't know, but sometimes your side hustles turn into other things, just like your YouTube channel. That started off just as a little thing and now it's a bigger thing. Well, I mean, it's okay. So there's no question mark at the end, but there should be a question mark on should this just be your job? I feel like there should be a question mark uh, right here, not like as a definitive statement that like you should just quit your job and be like, yeah, like this is all going to work at least out well, of I the gate for me. I think he was actually going down the path of it shouldn't be. You should just get a better job. That was, well, that was my the, take on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that he brought up that like, oh, you know, maybe you're just in the wrong industry. Like if you enjoy the cold calling part of going to get like lawn care, you know, clients, maybe you should just go get instead of working at nine to five that doesn't pay as much, you know, go maybe you should just go into sales, you know. And but mm. so I think it can also be look, I'm big on the experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And what we learn, you know, we look failures are lessons, right? But lessons are all like the failures are also experiences that we wouldn't that we get to learn from. Oh, there's a slight difference between experience and lessons, in my opinion, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lesson is like a hard thing that we can learn from blah, 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 and, and refer back to. But an experience isn't can be inspirational, motivational, like there's more x factor in an experience that we can't always like, quantitatively put our fingers on an example of that would be uh my podcast right so i went from having a podcast to having the independent podcast conference to meeting people and those people meeting and they enabling me to meet other people that enabled me to meet other people and like if you track it all back down it's like well if i didn't start the podcast like five years ago these experiences these things wouldn't happen wouldn't and happen, I right? gain all this knowledge and you know experience along the way as well as the hard lessons of that came with failure so or just missing the target in general so mm -hmm. i think that there's something to be said for that that being able to excuse me get out of your comfort zone of like the nine the nine to five that you're working and going to do something like that might be completely different you know you might be sitting at a desk all day and then oh, I'm going to go cut lawns on the weekends because at least I get out of, you know, sitting behind a desk uh -huh, uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. on those weekends. So, like, I can see that. But then that opens up to the experience and the lessons that come with, like, oh, maybe I should just be in sales because I would make a lot more money, have a lot more opportunity, and I enjoy it. Now, obviously, this is still a very fringe example because, totally. you know, if everybody was, you know, if everybody was like, oh, I just had to go and have this, like, crappy experience of knocking on people's doors – and then all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, oh, I can go be a salesperson at any uh -huh, Fortune 500 uh -huh. company. Like, ding, it's, ding. It's, like Yeah, exactly. We're talk <laughs> but we're talking about the fringe, I guess, in all of it, right? Because some people are not going to turn their – actually, a lot of people don't turn their side hustles into their main business either, you know, whether it's your business or your job. But I, I don't know. I think it's okay to do things on the side. No, I, I do too. And even – even if it's a, I mean, even if it's a hobby, right? I think that's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those the experiences that can come with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I could say for, you know, if I didn't DJ, I wouldn't have started a podcast, even though mm -hmm. I had friends that podcast and I've been listening to podcasts since 2004, 2005, never would have had, like, it just, I wouldn't have been able to get out of my own shell, get on my own way and find my voice and, and figure it out. Right. So 
I'm sorry, what? I just laughed at Brent's comment. Uh, there would be a lot of people waiting to get their launch cut. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he gets the bill for that, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so I, the other thing that I think really came up, though, was this. I don't want to say myth, but the quote-unquote common knowledge that like all millionaires or billionaires have like at least seven streams of income right mm -hmm. and i think to me this is the crux of it and i think you probably didn't make it this far into the video because this no, is like I, seven minutes and 30 seconds yeah i i did not make it that far <laughs> <laughs> so you explain it to me and i'll give you my take on it <laughs> so this so that whole thing came up from a study that was like from like 19 I want to say it was like 1970 something uh -huh. to 2002, pre mostly internet age, right? Yep, yep. The age that we're living in now. I mean, the internet existed. Heck, I've been living on the internet since like 92, 93, you know, but for the most part, the internet was not it what wasn't it is like it is in now. The current state, right? Yeah. And even in 2002, it was very much not in the what it is today. Totally. So that study showed that. It was like, okay, where are all the streams of income coming from these tax returns that they did the study through? And what they found was, was like only like something like, I think there's a chart here that shows it, but I'd have to find that chart. It was like something like 20% of those people actually had like seven streams of income, like mm -hmm. less than, or it was like less than 20% of the people in the study. And those mm -hmm. streams of income were not really direct streams of income of like, oh, I have this side hustle and this side hustle and this side hustle yeah. and I do this and this and this. It's like mostly passive income, right? Investment income. That's mostly but passive, right? I mean, I had thought, I mean, to me, it's you do your, do your side hustle to be able to get the extra money to invest it. I had assumed that that's what people were doing. Sometimes people, I mean, with sometimes people do side hustles, you know, to get an extra holiday or something. I get that. But if we're talking about seven streams of income, that would be normally I would have thought people were investing it. And that's what he's talking about here, right? Right. And the other fact of, the, of that study was, was most of those people were older. So they were like 60 mm -hmm. some plus. So uh -huh, they had uh -huh. already worked. They had already saved. Yeah. And their seven streams of income were pretty much all, you know, passive streams of income. Yeah. Uh, investment income for our people listening at home, investment income, earned income, rental income, royalties, capital gains, profit and interest income, which truth be told, like I wouldn't even I wouldn't have counted all these as seven incomes. Seven mm. streams myself. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have counted them as that. Because I when probably I look at like wouldn't have in that way. Yeah, like well when you say because well, the other thing is like when you say rental income, but then you also say profit, mm. like not all your rental income is gonna be profit. There's still taxes. There's you know, even if you own the place outright, and maybe Scott can help shed some light on this since he works in this field. Real estate is one of the largest side hustles. Yeah. And mm. so that's the thing, right? So get, taking the money that you make and then investing it and then having those different types. But I think majority of those millionaires in that study, it said in the video, that was like, they had three and the three were like their, their base, like their base income, like their, their like mm -hmm. nine to five income yep. investments and maybe rentals or something to that effect. It, you know, mm -hmm. it was very much 
like I mean, how I would say you can almost categorize those three, like these seven into those three. Yeah, I mean, it's being pulled apart quite a lot there. Like, yeah. yeah, but at the end of the day, like the whole thing was like, oh, the whole hustle culture thing is kind of overblown, and and it's really not as complicated or made it needs to be as complicated as it seems, and. A lot of those people are just trying to sell, ultimately just sell you a course on how to create those revenue. See, <laughs> I think that I've got a little, I kind of get where you're going there. And there's always, there's always those conversations, right? But I think that a lot of people have got side hustles because just thinking back to the 70s, life is way more expensive now than it was back then. It was way more simple back then. You know, on one income, you could afford to buy a home. You know, it was quite okay for someone to stay at home with the children. It's very different now. You know, it's very, I don't know, there are people obviously that can buy a house with just one income, but it's not the norm, right? It's, yeah. we're in a different world. So I don't think we can compare now to 1970. And that's what he's doing because it's a very different world. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, he's trying to make the point that it's the world is different than it was and that the people that like most of the people that are trying to tell you that you have to work 120 hours a week in order to make anything happen are probably trying to sell you a course on how to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are in full time business because they have done a side hustle. And I think that if you can do a side hustle to find out whether you like something or whether you don't, because I know that coming, going back, I used to run retreats, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I'm thinking. And a lot, there was a lot of people that would come to these retreats and they were around like, you know, living your life by design. So one of the things that we would talk about was career and business. And a lot of people would come to the retreat and say, I really hate my job. I want to start a business. What ended up happening was there was also a small percentage of people that started their side hustle and went, actually, you know what, this is really hard and I like my job more than I thought. So at the end of the day, as long as people figure out where they sit, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't do the side hustle, right? So there were some yep. people that are now and still are in business full time and there are some that went actually i'm going to go back and and go all in on my job instead of just dipping my toe in the water yeah well again that goes back to the lessons and experiences right that we mm -hmm. gain and the knowledge that we sometimes we don't realize how the experiences that we're having today are going to affect us like three five six ten years from now because we had those experiences didn't really know how they were supposed i mean it, it's kind of like the whole like god has a plan thing and we don't we might not see how this is all going to play out because we can't we don't know what's down the road but you know having these experiences enables us to be able to better cope with it or better deal with it or have a you know just a better time when we get there because we totally. have those experiences yeah hey, so Jacob. so are you in team i'm not for the side hustles no, 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 I am. I just think that I just thought it was an interesting video that it was highlighting the lies. And of course, at the end of the video, he discloses the fact that like, hey, like, obviously, this YouTube channel is my side hustle. Uh-huh. Uh, That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, with the intention for it to eventually, and he, he actually said that this is the year that he plans to make the jump, which uh -huh. I mean, at 375,000 subscribers and like 19 million views, like, Probably getting that's pretty right? decent. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Actually, that's a lot yeah. decent. I was being a little that bit, is a, that is a, lot <laughs> a little bit tongue in cheek uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that was a nineteen million. I might be sure. I am sure it changed him. He's almost a at forty million. That forty million views. Awesome. Yeah, it is. And in the financial sector, no less, where he's making probably uh -huh. decent CPM on that. So, yeah, no, you know, so it, it's not that you can't or shouldn't do any of that. It's just, you know, things to think about when you're, you know, getting all on the hype train of, you know, work 120 hours a week and don't have a life and blah, blah, blah. In fact, I'm watching, I'm in the middle of watching a video called uh, I Almost Burned Out. Uh, here's how I escaped my anxiety. And this guy from a guy, Nicholas. Christy, he was a, I guess, an editor for another YouTuber, and he decided to start his own YouTube channel and, and go for it, and then had a, like a viral success, and then it went from having that success to, oh my gosh, everybody is emailing me, wanting something from me all at once. This is actually horrible. <laughs> like this is, this is turning into a nightmare, and now I feel like I have to work nonstop all of the time to be able to get that next hit so that people that you know watch the first one you know watch that first hit and thought oh my god this guy's great and subscribed like all of a sudden i need to be able to replicate that again and again and i need to work you know 15 hours a day in my little apartment just grinding the yeah. editing process to you know to a fine you know to a fine needle well i, I think that's <laughs> definitely one of the conversations is that some there is a point when you start your side hustle where it grows to a point where it's still not enough to be your full-time job, but it is really, really zapping your energy and your time. You know, there is that, it's a really uncomfortable time and I've been there and I'm sure you've been there, Joe, and you've got to make the decision, what am I going to do? I either have to cut it back so I'm going to have a breakdown or I have to go all in and like really go all in because I need to grow this thing really quickly. And I think that's where you have to really know your numbers, know your strengths, you know, have a plan, be very strategic about it. So because let's not lie, there is that point where it is tough. It is, right? I mean, look, I... You know, I tried doing that push not too long ago with this channel for like the last six months where I was just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing as much as I possibly could to get, you know, to get it to where I wanted it to be. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to grow as, as it grows, right? It's going to grow at the rate it's going to grow. And it's grown phenomenally, but it wasn't enough to be able to be like, okay, I can actually shutter other aspects, other income streams in my business to be able to just focus on this. And I'm mostly one person doing it. So, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like it became more daunting. And I'll tell you, it became more stressful because of the fact that I'm like, yeah, like we're getting all the views. We're getting, you know, we're getting income and we're getting all these things and subscribers and, and the community's growing. It's awesome. But I can't really celebrate it because I'm really stressed out that I'm not going to have enough money, you know, in three months from now or four months from now to be able to justify all this effort and time I'm putting into this and and not giving other time and energy and resources to the other aspects of my business. And mm -hmm, that's a mm -hmm. you know that's a really big problem, but Scott says as Gary V likes to say everyone has from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. for your side hustle. No, everyone doesn't. Some people have kids, okay? And you don't know what is going to happen the next night, you know, that night. What time, you know, my heck, my son will wake up at one, two, three in the morning. 
And if I wake up, then I generally can't fall back to sleep. So I can't just say, oh, <laughs> I'll just go to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning. Because he might wake up, right? And then I might just get my second wind and just be laying there with my mind not being able to turn off. So it's not that simple. It's not always that simple. If I, you know, you go back in time to like being 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. Well, even then I personally didn't have the, a whole heck of a lot of time because I was busy running in the business, you know, and, and all that. Jacob, we did see your question. Let me get that up here. Jacob says, hey, I have a clothing business called College Dropout, which I love. Is that a Kanye reference? And post frequently on TikTok. And I started Instagram ads and Facebook. What would you recommend to get it out to the world? Now, Jacob, can you drop the link to your clothing line? Your clothing That would business? be super helpful because... I'm seeing if I can find it. Well, probably not that. <laughs> not that. Probably, no. This might be it. I think I might have found it on Facebook. Is it got a blue logo in it? I don't know if, if this is it. I'm going to say probably, probably not since... It hasn't been posted on since 2020. Well, while Jacob's getting that information, should we finish up the side hustle conversation? Yes, 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 yes. So I think my question was, are you team side hustle or team not side hustle? That was where we were kind of finishing off. Yes, uh, definitely team side hustle. And, yeah. and Oh, because it also did bring up, and I don't know if it, you made it in the video where he talked about like Uber as a side hustle. Totally did. And I found that really yeah. interesting because... One of the things that Leon and I do every time we get into an Uber is ask the driver, do you love it? Do you have a job? Like we always, we're always asking them, you know, is this your full-time thing? Is it your side hustle? And we've heard some really, really amazing stories of how people are using it from being full-time in Uber to one girl that said she just leaves home half an hour early and just picks up a couple of trips that are going to get her into the office, clearly before covid but, you know, we've heard lots of stories and I've never had an Uber driver say they hate it. Every Uber driver that we've had has said it's really good money and that they really enjoy it because, you know, they've got the, if they don't want to do it, they don't do it. And if they do want to do it, they pick out some extra cash. So are they saying that because the phone is running the app and the app is listening to them? Well, if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't be driving, right? Well, they might need the money and it's an opportunity. <laughs> totally. And that's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. And with Uber, if you don't want to show up, you just don't show up. So it's it's way better than being stuck in a job where you've got to show up from, you know, eight to like you know, the well, old nine to five is a bit of a, a fallacy hold now. On. No, 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 no. It ain't necessarily that simple. Now, maybe Uber is a little different than the food it may delivery be different services. Here. Well, the food delivery services, so I've had a couple friends do those, and the problem is is if you don't set yourself up on a regular schedule to be at certain areas and certain things like that, you won't get the good deliveries. Uh-huh. Well, that makes sense too because they're still right. a business. No, and it does, and they, yeah. but yeah. it makes it harder for it to be like, oh, it's my sometimes, like, I'll just pick up a few. You know, I'm going to Taco Bell anyway. Let me see. Can I pick up two orders and drop them off and – and then, you know, pick up a few extra bucks and, and basically get my food for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, that I, kind of thing. I, so it's not necessarily that simple. Hey, life's not um, simple, full stop, is it? They're like, there's always, no. there's always, there's always. But we, I also live in the suburbs, so it's it, slash rural area. So it's a, probably a bit different than living in the city where it's like yeah. everything, like it's so much closer to each other. Yeah. So if it's obviously I'll finish up, I'm definitely on team side hustle. Yes. Ding, ding. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we're still waiting for Jacob to send us through the info. I actually can't, I don't think we can answer this without having a little bit of info. Why don't you share, because I cannot wait to hear, you have been on the phone to customer service again. Oh, God. I, I need to I, hear know, this story. Journey I have to hear service. this story. Like a, <laughs> I'm like a surfer, surfing the, <laughs> the foremost. Uh, okay. So here's what's been happening, right? So that new minivan that I went and picked up in North Carolina was the problem is, is getting the plates and the registration transferred to New Jersey, right? Uh -huh. That's the problem. So, well, it's not a problem, but it became a problem because you're, you get temp tags and they're only supposed to last like, I don't know, 20 days or something like that. But nobody was getting back to me and I wasn't hearing anything from like the dealership. I went to the DMV and they were like, oh, like you know, just take this piece of paper and, and send it over to the bank and then the bank can send it to us, you know, the title, like mail the title to us, and then we can do the transfer and all that stuff. Now, I wasn't aware, like I thought that the dealership was going to take care of us, but I wasn't 100% sure because I kind of got like kind of spacey answers. So I call up the bank and I say, you know, I, first of all, I had to wait like 20 some minutes on hold. So it's, you know, it's whatever. I'm doing other things. But uh -huh. when I get the person, I was like, well, I'm trying to get this taken care of because like our plates expired back on like the 22nd and now it's, I don't know, it was, this was last week. So it's like, it's already like March 1st or 2nd or something like that. So it's already, the plates are expired. I'm not super worried about it. I don't think any cops going to pull us over and be like, where's your plates at? Like it's COVID, you know, it's the illness and, and all that. So it's like, ah, everything's slow. Right. So I call up the bank and she's like, oh, well you need to mail us that letterhead from the DMV or you can fax it. I said, I can't email it to you. And she's like, no, <laughs> no, you need to fax it or, oh my you can, goodness. or you can mail it to us and it'll take 20 days for us to get it to the <gasps> DMV. So I'm oh, like, no way. okay, well, I, you know, I don't really want to take that long to do this. So, for, and I was already having a bad day and I was like explaining why this is a problem. And I don't think I was being overly, not nice, but uh -huh. she wasn't having any of it. Uh -huh. Any of it. Ultimately, she's like, "Okay, well, that's great, sir. Is there anything else I can do for you?" Okay, great. Have a great day. And before I could even say another word, she hung up on me. Oh, and I was like, "Wow, like, all right." Because I'm like, I didn't understand. So it was not a great experience, especially because you're starting off like a, you know, sixty month loan with this bank. So hooray for that. <laughs> wow. Although I did have a bit of a laugh before we started, before we went live saying, I wonder if there's like this national like, hey, this guy rings customer service all the time. It's like, hey, everyone, I've got Super Joe on the phone. National Register of Customer Service People. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty yeah. that is terrible. That it was not, is it was not, not, not much everything. But oh but I did have a good experience. Oh um, share. Right? So a good experience was 
calling shopdisney.com uh-huh. uh, because I placed an order. I had some American Express gift cards. So I was like, oh, I'm going to convert these to Disney gift cards because apparently Disney does not accept American Express gift cards, but they will on their Shop Disney website. Go uh-huh. figure. The more you know, right? So I call up. I get somebody instantly, which anybody that's watching or listening knows anything about Disney. It's usually like an hour to three time. hour like hold wait, hold time. And you're just listening to like it's a small world over and you know <laughs> loop. Nah, you, they play other music, but when it's that quite comes repetitive. on, it's like, oh god, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like okay, I get this lady, and she she's super helpful. She's like, okay, no problem. I'll have them release those. You know, you verified it, blah blah blah. I think it was just like a, they were holding up because I waited the 24 hours for the gift card codes to be sent. And I'm like, why is this being held up? But I had a bunch. Of, I was like, okay, so one went through. I was like, I have a whole bunch more to go through. Do I really have to wait 24 hours? And she's like, well, you're supposed to. So like, I put one through, didn't get it, obviously, right away. So I was like, well, I'm not waiting another 24 hours. For this. So I call her out. I get the same lady. I got the same lady three wow. times on the phone. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't know if they just happen to have like, nobody calls Shop Disney, apparently, <laughs> for customer support. But so I, so she helped me out the second time. She's like, well, we're supposed to wait 24 hours. So I was like, yeah, I know. But I already did that with the last one. And I still had to call you 27 hours later to make something happen, you know, to push it to go through. So she's like, okay, I'll do it for you this time. No problem. I said, oh, okay, well, I might have some more. So then I did some more and then i waited the 24 hours got nothing of course called her and then she's like i was like oh how do we handle this she's like i'll handle it and she ended up putting me on hold for like i was like oh you can just you know you didn't keep me on hold before just like just put it through and and i'll wait for the emails there's no big deal she's like no 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 no. just hold on and it's like 27 minutes goes by she's like i am so sorry apologize i did not want it to take that long i had to talk to them and get them to do all the things i was like well it was like four gift cards so like it took i guess way longer than four minutes or four four times as long as uh-huh, when it was uh-huh. one but yeah. yeah so she was i think her name was brianna super helpful shop disney.com give them ah, give so good involved. to hear tell, the happy tell stories joe, joe pardo <laughs> sent you <laughs> yeah, that's so good <laughs> so, so good so jacob says he sent it i think he asked for the link to your business so they could check it out I just sent it. I didn't see the. Oh, you know what? It okay, Jacob. You're not gonna probably be able to send the link because I think I have links disabled on YouTube for unfortunate reasons. But let me just just let me know. Is this your site here? The one that says coming soon at college dropout apparel, or is yeah, it? Yeah, just give us a yes or a no. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be super helpful. Yeah, so that would be helpful. So Axel says, to get an understanding on how to create a business, should you follow online videos or articles or books? Is there such a reliable or somewhat resource to follow? Mm. That is a wonderful question. such a good question. That is. Do you want to start first or do you want me to start? Um, Well, uh, yeah, okay, I can start. A business is such a large topic because there's so many different types of businesses. You know, you want to do Amazon dropshipping. Do you want to own a hairdresser or a restaurant or, you know, an online service business? There's so many different types of businesses that I would start to think, what sort of business do you want to start first? Because then that helps you to know, you know, who it is to follow. Because I think that 
videos, articles, and books are all places that I go still after being in business almost 30 years. I do all of those things. I'm pretty sure you do too, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Mostly video, not, mostly videos and articles, not so much yeah. the books, but yeah, yeah, I do read lots of books. But if I want really up to date, I guess you know I do a lot of online marketing. That not so much in a book because it changes so quickly. So then for me, that would be online videos and articles because online marketing can change daily. So which is where I was going, I guess, with the originally. What is it that you're trying to do so that you know? where to go. Yeah, I mean, every so there's a couple ways to look at it, you know, figuring out what niche you want to serve, right? And then like, what kind of business you're going to build around that because you could sell stuff on Amazon, but that doesn't mean it's drop shipping it, you know, drop shipping other people's products, totally. you start your own product, you know, build your own product. So and so there's lots of different ways to go there. Now, my issue with books and i would also be leery of articles and videos and even this video you're watching right now Uh uh-huh you know i always say like question everything be skeptical if it sounds too good to be true it probably is and i think that the you know there's a handful of principles that come into play with every business you know when it comes to we talked about this two weeks ago about relationship you know relationships and and building trust and well, that's when trying to find your vendors, but even your customer base and ever, you know, even your team members and your even your co-packers. I just talked to uh, an interview that's coming out this Sunday with Regina Crecy, who was just on Shark Tank two weeks ago with her baby or diaper dust. It's like a activated charcoal product that like basically eliminates odors like instantly. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is cool, but you have to throw the thing out. Like you're not like putting it on your carpet or you don't want to do any of that kind of thing. You basically just want to, you know, put it maybe in the trash can or in the diapers or somewhere that the next step is going in the trash and you don't want the trash to smell. But, you know, those relationships that came up with when she was looking for co-packers and trying to figure all that out. So again, does this pass the sniff test? Does it sound too good to be true? Is it something that's trying to sell you on like what we were just talking about courses, right? Like, oh, you got to hustle 20, 120 hours, buy my course and you will figure out how to do that. Like, and I know Sam feels the same way, you know, start with what's in your heart and what you're really passionate about to figure out like, what is it that I could do that actually makes sense for mm-hmm. that could potentially become a business like me. And, and in some ways, if you're, as long as you're not relying on it to be like, it's this fight or flight, you know, a uh-huh, flight, yeah. uh, flight or, or crash, you know, we're going for the moonshot here and I'm everything's, you know, ditch and I haven't sold a single thing yet. I haven't built a single thing yet. I haven't had a single conversation with somebody who actually wanted to get like literally give me money right then for the thing to prove that anybody cares. You know, you want to make sure that you're starting from a place from in your heart, right? For something that you care about so that you aren't going to either get burnout or feel mm-hmm. like you're being taken advantage of. Yeah. I mean, there's that, or you watched that doc. I haven't watched it yet. The, the Lululemon documentary. No, I haven't seen it. What? I don't think we've talked about it on the show. I don't even oh, know what documentary that is. Yeah. It was all about oh, how. Unless I was sleeping and you in general, I was, maybe I was having a snooze <laughs> or you in general doing something really intelligent. No, well, it might have been, <laughs> we might have talked about it on one of the episodes you weren't there for. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I didn't, maybe. I'm not aware of a Lululemon documentary. I think it's on. 
I think it's on Netflix. Uh-huh. I'm not 100% sure. But look, there's plenty of those, you know, multi-level marketing and stuff like that, that like it can work for people, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Mm. And I would also be leery, like what you're giving up for the benefits in which you're receiving, right? And look, people will say like, oh, free advice is, is, is worth exactly what you paid for it kind of thing. Yes and no, right? Just because you hear something and you take in that information doesn't necessarily mean you you run to the bank with it, right? I think that it's important to always be, you know, questioning the advice that you're getting. I mean, I've heard like really bad advice. I know you have as well, Sam, over the years where it's like, oh, you should like totally fire your whole staff and like start over from scratch because it obviously it's not working or, or it's just like, well, come on. It's not easy to find people in general, you know, and maybe there's other perspectives to be able to find a solution than just like, ah, screw it. I know I've gone round and round with my own dad about that over there. Oh, well, screw it. Like everybody could just get fired. It was just close the shop. And it's like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think that's really great. (laughs) (laughs) But but are you getting the advice from somebody who's actually done it before? Are you getting, you know, and what piece of the advice are you taking from it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's like there's advice to be given or to be received from people who maybe haven't been in business or haven't been in your your niche. You know, I mean, in my tech, me and you, right? For that matter, right? We are in that same boat where it's like I haven't been in every single business. Yeah, I've been and, in a handful of businesses over my life. And, and I've and, mentioned lots of times on this show, like you know, product development is. It, I don't know anything about it. That's not it's not the kind of business that I've run. And I think that there is. No, actually, I know that there's no one that knows about all of the different businesses, but still be open to the perspectives of people because they can bring a different perspective. And I think it's just understanding that don't take people's answers for gospel all the time, but definitely also at the same time, be open to what they're saying. Like, don't shut them down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, it comes down to you doing the work and figuring it out as you go along. I mean, we've seen it so many times on Shark Tank. They're like, I didn't know what a barcode was. I didn't know what this was. I didn't know, you know, I'm getting asked questions. I don't know. What do I do? I go and I Google it, Mm -hmm. right? And because not everything's going to apply to you. I kind of equate it to this. Like if you want to learn a piece, like a complex piece of software, like Adobe Premiere, for example, you're not going to go teach me everything about Adobe Premiere. Or in my case, you know, I'm going to go on a Disney vacation. Teach me everything about Dis- you know, how the Disney World works. Like, are you sure you want to ask that question? Because you're going to get like a di- you know an encyclopedia of information that you're not going to be able to digest. You need to know the right answers when it's available. And as somebody that I respected, that was our sales manager for a number of years, used to say, like, I don't know, need to know it all. I just need to know who does know what I need yes, to know when I need 100%. to know. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's all about the people. So yes, online products, online articles, books all of that. I'm also a big believer in paying for courses and and programs. I know you mentioned that, you know, don't just go straight out and do that, but I'm a big believer of when you know what that niche is that to get the coaching to help you get to the next level. I've always had a coach in all of my businesses, so definitely that's my personal recommendation. But yeah, I wouldn't do it straight off the bat if you're just trying things out. 
Yeah. So Axel says, uh, I understand life is about learning, but I don't want to follow a resource about what I heard or read is incorrect and the consequences can be severe. That's they why sure I can. They, they can, right? And those consequences cost money, they cost energy, they take time, right? And that's why we need to turn those failures into lessons so that we don't, you know, necessarily make those same mistakes. I would also see like, find out who you can utilize that you can trust. And as Sam, you kind of alluded to, you know, before you go and watch somebody, you know, jingle keys in front of a camera on Instagram in a loop or uh -huh. whatever they call that, right? A boomerang. Make sure that you're actually following what they do and see, like, go listen to interviews with that person, right? Like, I mean, like, I know, Sam, you probably have a ton of interviews on your site. I have, like, mm -hmm. over 150 interviews I've done over the last eight years, and it's, the story is the same. It's been the same since day one, and it's just one of those things where it's like you – you know, don't, like I said, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It sucks because we all want it to be true. We all want it to be the magic bullet. In fact, I was just talking with a fan of the show a couple hours ago, like back at like the one o'clock hour. And, you know, they asked my opinion on a company that, you know, is offered to do all this stuff for their product. And they're like, oh, well, it's going to be 10 grand. And I'm like, you haven't sold the product yet. Let's get mm -hmm. make 10 of them and go to a flea market, go to a farmer's market, mm -hmm. get a booth, sell 10 of them, you know, and get somebody to like touch it, feel it and say, yes, here's some money. Right. Uh -huh. And once you do that, then you're better served getting that than spending $10,000 hoping for a magic bullet that it's going to just all work because $10,000 is only going to get you so far. It's only going to get you a, like a little bit of that journey. And it's hard to hear because I know when we get excited about things, like we really want them to work. We really want like all I got to do is spend $5,000 and like I can become this Instagram star and I'll have all these clients coming in or I'll have all these people buying my product because I, I spent money with this. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I wanted it so bad. I was yeah. like, let you know let's blow up this youtube channel let's go fast like in 2017 i was like this close to spending that money i'm glad i didn't spend that money i'm glad that i kept, like learned the lessons that i needed to learn keep going and gaining those experiences and gain you know eventually getting to where i'm at today which is still at the very beginning of the pro you know of the process even at 8 years into it i think that something that alex said and i think that's something that you said then that I would like to tie this up with is that you can't be in business and not have failures. It is absolutely impossible, 100% impossible. Like there is going to be failures. There's going to be things that go wrong, things that you do wrong. However, it is exactly what you just said, Joe. It's about reframing all those failures as lessons and bringing those lessons forward so that you don't make the same mistake again. But there is absolutely no way to be in business and not make a mistake or have something go wrong. It's you know a, it's the you know it's about as certain as death and taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, cha and change and change. Change is one of the few constants we have. Uh huh. One of the big hard lessons, like back in I don't remember, it was like 2004, 2005, 2000. Uh, actually, it might have been like seven or eight. But anyway, or in the 2000s was we switched from one vendor to another vendor. Well, one of the unforeseen issues that, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to get all this product lifted out. It, you know, it's a little bit cheaper, like on our cost end. And it's, everything's going to be great, right? 
Well, the problem is, is we had the same part numbers with the other vendor for like 20 years. And the people that worked there, a lot of our people had worked there for like, you know, 10 plus years to 10 to 20 years. So when we switched, we tried to do the, okay, we'll just make everything a conversion. So we put all the part numbers so they matched up. So it was easy. But the thing is, is not everything matches up. So there mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. some key numbers that don't like, they're not one-to-one as they, you would think they would be. So in some instances, it's this part number, depending on what truck is going on, and some instances, it's this part number. Well, at the end of the day, we ended up going back to the vendor after about a year and a half of that failure, and that ended up costing us an awful lot of money to make the switch back over, getting li inventory lifted out and stuff was, you know, and it cost us some relationships, you know, because we damaged some of those relationships. So look, those lessons are going to happen. It's part of it's part of business and the risks that we take to do what we do. Absolutely. Oh, a bunch of comments here. Let's see. Nayla, I don't know if that's how you pronounce your name, so I apologize if that's not the case. I have an idea for a milk product, but finding a co-packer to help get myself started has been pretty much impossible. I was told by one that getting a milk supplier is very hard. Should I abandon my idea? I'm not surprised. I mean, the milk cartel is... It's huge. <laughs> right? And like, it's easier for them to just bundle the milk in the jug and send it on its way than doing something different. You know, it costs. It takes time, right, to change the process. So, you know, I think that when you're... I don't know that... I mean, have you gone to actually to the farms themselves? I know Jen on a previous episode here was talking about how she made a relationship with a local farm to get mm. food, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like, is that, you know, go to like the, not the big farm people, right? Let's go like one or two steps down, go, let's go to the local farm and say, hey, you know, what can I do to get some of your milk? I mean, the finding a co-packer probably it's not always easy in fact we were just talking about that on sunday's episode so if you know if you want a really good interview with somebody who's just working with a co-packer regina Krishi from shark tank with the diaper was it the diaper dust. dust because yeah because it's activated charcoal so she had to find not just a co-packer but a co-packer who already works with activated charcoal which you don't just go to the activated charcoal co-packer registry and be like boom 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 okay let me like <laughs> dial it in you yeah. know, and, and then I'll just start making some phone calls and like one of them will say yes. It's, you know, it's one of those things. It's very difficult. So I would try to see, can you, have you gone down the line to like some of the smaller players and local players to see if that can work for you? And Nayla says, ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I would, good. I would be, it's always about the people. I think we've mentioned that many times on this show. And I know that you talk about it all the time, Joe, is that build relationships, go and find those people that can help start on a small scale. But it's all about the relationships. Yes, it really, really is all about the relationships. I see... We've got collegedropoutmerch.com is what we're looking up, Joe. That's okay. it. So, like, so if I share my share, I typed in college dropout clothing and the first things I got was college dropout by Veronica, whatever, and Veronica and Rachel. And it's about MT, this is like MTV's college dropout. So that makes it It was a very difficult hard. to find. Yes. Yes. Because then we go to Kanye West because his first album was called The College Dropout or College, College Dropout, The College. Yeah, The College Dropout. 
which you know is makes it even harder to find and it's going to be hard and then obviously there's the facebook page which i'm guessing is not the same as this since it's not the same logo doesn't look like the same one i mean i like the designs <laughs> i like the designs so i think but, like you know, straight off the bat it was tricky to find that's what we're trying to say yeah yeah it definitely is tricky to find but i like the dot com the you know college dropout merch.com mm. so the thing is is what was the original question the original question was how oh, how, how do i get it through? out there i think i think if i've got this right um, yeah here you go that's it I post frequently on TikTok and I started Instagram ads and Facebook. I mean, look, clothing is a tough, it's tough, right? I've, you know, I've done lots of different clothes. I usually have sold most of my clothes through events, you know, tying them to conferences and things that I hosted or anniversaries to my podcast and things of that nature. I mean, I have like, I'm wearing, you know, the super hoodie right now, but, you know, it really comes down to like, how much people are associating themselves with the brand, right? Mm -hmm. That's really. Which that's is really what, what I was going to say. Again, in a different context, it comes back to the people. So I would be using TikTok and Instagram to build a community of raving fans, like people that really want to, to be part of this. And if I look at all the first people that come to mind that sell merch on TikTok, are people that don't actually talk about their merch. So two people that immediately come to mind is Elise Myers on TikTok who tells the best stories and she has a merch for fans of her channel which actually have, you know, it has nothing to do with that. And the other person, I can't think of her name, but she's an English girl and she has the her most hilarious skits about different body parts. So it's like the heart is talking and then the brain's like, no, we don't do that. And, you know, like there's all these different like body parts that talk to each other. And it's just, it's very, very funny. And she's got a merch range as well. So they're not actually talking about their merch. They're building a community of people around some sort of shared, you know, topic, I guess, and doing that. So I think that that could be a really way, a good way to go is having some sort of skits around being a college dropout and building that community of people that you know want to be part of that I guess that or you know have that how what am I trying to say here Joe they've got that shared <laughs> that shared yeah yeah they want to be about part of the community they self-identify with what thank it's you self-identify was what I was looking for uh-huh I noticed on your website though there is there's no links to any of the social media so I don't have an easy way to go and find what you got going on over there. I would love to love to go mm. and check that out. But yeah, so it is look, clothing is tough. Like I said, it's best if you can get people to rally around something, theme, a conference, an event. You know, I mean, look, you go to a concert, right? I mean, what was that the Green Day? It was at the Hella Mega Tour here. It was here in Philly. And the merch line literally was like wrapped or there was like three tables wrapped around the entire stadium and the lines were like over halfway to the next table <laughs> that's how far back the line went for each of those tables that they had set up and and sh shirts were like 65 dollars for a t-shirt so you know these are the types of things like 
if you're going to get that, you got to get people behind what you're doing. Uh-huh. Um, but they want to be part a, of something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a great example of this, Jacob, is if you go and look at Spurgo, that he was just on Shark Tank. He's like 8, 7, 16, 15 years old and started a high-end clothing line called Spurgo. And it, there's like a, it's like sports something and go i forget what the there's like a there's like a it mean it like literally means something and that is you know again getting people to self-identify with is really important for them to want to wear i mean because like just think about this like if you go somewhere go somewhere where there's a lot of people like if you go to like we go to the shore right you go on the boardwalk you go to the mall wherever there's a lot of people sports stadium a sports stadium is a little different because it's you're there for an event and all that. But like, just look at like, how often do you see these people walking around with the same shirts? Almost never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost. I mean, I walk around with a, a beast hoodie, a Mr. Beast hoodie, and I don't see anybody else wearing Mr. Beast clothing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, totally. I, <laughs> build it's, the community, build the community. It, it, you absolutely need to absolutely absolutely need and to. so on that i think the number one thing i'd be doing exactly like you said joe is adding social media links to these pages because especially if you're spending money on facebook ads and instagram ads which i probably possibly may not be doing just yet i don't know without diving deeper into this i would definitely be adding social media links yeah, yeah, I would definitely get the, the social media links up there. And I would also say I don't see on your site what is let's say okay, so I see that our mission, let the world know that it's okay to make the necessary move to chase your dreams. If college isn't for you, that's okay. But that's at the bottom of your Yeah, site. I would have that. Yeah. Like that needs to be I to me that needs to be very much right spoken. At the top. At the top, right? And oh, there's the okay, there's the I'm dumb. I should have saw that. I can go to Instagram. Where is and it? It was at the top, but it's not as a link. It's just uh it's oh, just a, like at. okay. Yeah, I would be changing that. Yeah, yeah. So 382 followers will we'll follow it. Send uh let's send some followers Jacob's way there. Because I'm a two-time, two-time college dropout myself. Did you go to college, Sam? I did not. I did, did not, not go to college. No, you're a, dro- you're a, dro- a different I'm dropout. I'm a high school dropout. Hey! <laughs> I just always have to win, don't I? <laughs> you do. It's okay. It's okay. Still love you. Still love you. Uh, uh, <laughs> traditional, me and traditional learning, no fun. But I do so many courses in stuff that I actually love. I just didn't like school. Mm, I didn't like school the first time. The second time I did, but it didn't align with where I was heading. So yeah. uh-huh. it just didn't, it wasn't going to work out. Jacob says, yeah. I've done multiple events and sold 15,000 in sales, which is great. Dude, yeah, that's, well done. That ain't nothing. Do you think renaming my business would help? No. It, <laughs> well, probably, yeah. I don't, no. I don't think the name is, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you need to change the name. You know, just because it's hard now doesn't mean it, it won't mm-hmm. get easier. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's one of those building momentum things, right? As yeah. you do it more, it'll it'll just get easier and easier for people to find you. As I say, I, th- I think your dot com is good. Uh, yeah. So, and it's not it's not too long. It says what it is, and it's there. But you just got to get more people to go into the site, building that community around it. 
But uh, he says, okay, thank you. I'll be for sure be restructuring my approach to the business. Yeah, spend some time thinking great. about content creation and how you could really like have a look at TikTok and the accounts that are doing really well there, creating stories around the mission. So your mission was... There you go. Um, there you go. Right there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. I, yes, huge Kanye fan. Yeah, I think it's good. I think you just got to keep you keep grinding it out. Uh, you know, it can take a while, but people, you know, will eventually come around to it. If You know, especially, you know, there's, as we said before with the whole, like, do I buy a course or what do I read? What do I watch as far as, like, business? Like, you got to just, you know, the people that you should be paying attention to are the people that have been around for a long mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. or are doing it. They have the interviews, do your research on them. And that is the same with building any brand. Like you, you just have, you stick around long enough. People are finally going to recognize, you know, start to recognize and, you know, come along for the ride. So very good. Now, Sam, are you up against it for time? I'm getting there, but I'm okay for You're a bit. All right, let's see. There was one or two other questions here. Let's see. I'm not, I, I, I've seen this commenter around, but I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce it. I find the best way to learn uh, software is to just download it and start learning it, make mistakes, and then YouTube problems at, as they arrive and keep mm -hmm. moving. Ding, ding. I totally 110%. agree. 100% um, agree with that. There is, uh, how do you get in touch with angel investors? That is tough. The best way I know how to do it is, I mean, there's usually pitch events, you know, getting to go and do those. If I was, uh, or Al, if you want, there's a friend of mine who, uh, oh, they were two friends. One sadly passed away a couple weeks back, back in like February due to a, a really terrible accident. They run a show called Make Your Pitch, and Eileen is the it, it was one of the two people that did it, and she is keeping the torch going. I forget which college she's at. Speaking of college, uh, and <laughs> she uh, she's done a lot of these pitch competitions and things, and helping. I forget. Oh God, which company is it? It's one of the big companies. She helped get them their original money, like to get going. One of the big social medias. I want to say. I don't want to say because I, I forget which one it is because it's been like two years now since it was we had that conversation. But she had some success. So I don't want to misspoke. Some oh, big yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She absolutely has. She's older, older lady, been around a business a long time and works with, uh, I forget which college. She's in, I think, either New York or Boston, one or the other, and has a ton of experience in doing this. So what I would try to do is get to those events, any pitch competitions that you possibly can, just so you can make those mm. conversations happen. Build and be around in the, in those communities too, going on what you're saying because they have really great communities. And sometimes I don't know. I know here there's some meetups that may be coming, starting to come back with like pitch communities, and mm. hang around people that are doing it. Get the lowdown from them. I know Michelle Talbert, who's a, a good friend of the show. I might have her come on my show in a little bit to talk about the we're both well she she fell asleep during episode three but we're both watching the kanye west documentary and so we're going to talk about it when we meet up but i was like ah you know we should probably talk about because it it's, it's so good 
Anyway, she was telling me about down Miami how big of a community that they have down there of people that are are you know get looking for you know working with angel investors and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, but you, you got to find the right people. It's also possible to get in touch. Like I have one friend who that's all he does is well, not all he does. That's one of the things. One of the big things he's done in his life is go and get you know, be the money guy and go and make those cold calls and get the money for big projects. So, you know, I don't want to out mm. who that person is, but they've done, you know, here it's a big project. It was, or was a big project here in Jersey. And he was uh, one of the cornerstone people to help make that happen. So I think it's, it's important to like, you know, get involved with the community that you have around you. Look, you know, look for them on Facebook. They're, they're, they're connected, whatever the social media platform of choice is, they're, mm-hmm, they're connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, it's a big community. Yeah, I think Al, I believe he's in the LA area. If it's involving tech, go to wearelatech.com. Check out Esprit Devora. She's awesome. She's a good friend, of, very good friend of mine. And they are, they're all connected with people that, you know, pay money mm. in the LA area. So it's even, you know, just because it's tech doesn't mean it has to be in, you know, in Silicon Valley. Shining Go DMS Bay Blader says, I have a question about building a website for my business. Is it best to hire someone to make one for me or is Wix a good tool to do so? What would you guys recommend for websites? Do you have a have a recommendation as a non Without person? knowing what this website is, it makes it a, a little bit trickier for me to answer this because, you know, is it a blog? Is it an e-com site? Is it you know, what's it for? I'm a big believer in in not using sites like Wix or Squarespace just purely from, you know, having a clean code kind of, you know, from that standpoint. However, in saying that, depending on what it is that you want to do, Wix could be just a great way to get started. I probably wouldn't pay just guessing from this comment, this person shining go dms beyblader <laughs> doesn't have a business that's a guess and i could be wrong but if he doesn't i'd probably go down the wix path just to get started i'm not a big believer in throwing lots of money into something at the beginning because joe as you and i know i things know I'm change. For it. I'm for it. it changes we change you know and you've got to get it out there and figure out what's working and what's not and what you end up doing is very rarely what you started out doing would you agree with that, Joe? Because I know that you are the tech guy. That is not what I thought you were going to say. I, that is oh, not really? What I you were say. Yeah, I thought you were going to go down the route of skewing me for our debate from like a year ago about do you need a website or do you not need a website to like get started? Uh-huh. And how you, well, you know, you're like, no, you don't need a website. Just go, I am. Just go for I am. I, I don't think that you do need a website to get started. I'm a big, yeah, no, and I still stand by that. I don't think that you do need a website to get started. Well, so, I didn't. Right. And well, well, yeah. So I think that looking at Wix or Squarespace, if you don't have the experience or the computing knowledge to like go down a WordPress route, I think that, you know, just to get started to get some kind of some kind of landing page in the domain name can really help. Right. I don't think it's the end all be all. I don't think you have to, Mm. you know, depending on what you where you're at. I don't think that, you know, it's like, oh, we have to pay for somebody to build a website. I actually had somebody who was looking for me to do a bunch of branding for them. And 
ultimately i was like i don't have the bandwidth right now for it but they were like well we can you know we don't have a website yet but you know for the logo we have like a budget of a thousand dollars and i was like uh okay <laughs> that seems like an awful lot for a logo uh -huh. and you don't even have the website built you know you can always change colors and a logo on a website right like so you know it's just things so i to me i'm all about going the fastest but also like inexpensive route mm -hmm. to keep, just to get mm -hmm. it going and while i'm not a huge fan of wick i would prefer somebody go with squarespace just because wix has had issues in the past with like not being able to be found i mean it was very short periods mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. but wix generally is not the mm -hmm. way to i mm -hmm. would trust squarespace all the way and or there's a lot of other like opportunities other page builders on wordpress like elementor or you know if you can, it, it but, can, but yeah. where are you at, right? Where's your, where's your tech knowledge at? And mm -hmm. that's where like a, you know, Squarespace, but I mean, there's a, well, I thought you were going to go the route of like GoDaddy has their own builder, right? DreamHost has their own builder. Like a lot of these companies, most have of the hosting companies now. do. Yeah. yeah. And like realistically a template could work and depending on what your business is, it might actually make more sense to go with like a MailChimp or a Weber or some one that also gives you landing pages. Cause that really is all you might need when you're just getting started and wait, like with a contact form, you know, mm. like logo picture contact for you know coming soon and they just get you going so depending on what you're trying to accomplish obviously we we don't have all that information but easier the better when you're getting started spend that time because you can go down the rabbit hole like you're like oh i'm just gonna spend 10 minutes on fixing some things on our website an hour and a half ah, goes by, two hours go by four okay. hours go by and you've done You've worked on your website, but if you don't have traffic going to it, then it probably uh -huh. ain't going to make a difference. In, Won't make you know, any difference, which is... Not for the time invested. Yeah, which is why I say you don't necessarily need a website. But again, depends on your business. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Glad that we could uh, be of service there. So real quick, before we wrap up here, I know there was one other question. How do I get started with no money? What's your 30-second answer to that, Sam? <laughs> get started with what? I like, that's just right? such well, a... Yeah. No, take MVP. that one, Joe. MVP. <laughs> Start with the minimum viable product, right? Whatever it is that you can get started with, that's where you start, right? And if the minimal viable product is like version 0 0.001 of something that, that you literally cobbled together because you have no money to be able to do it, then again, go and get that proof of concept, right? And when you say no money, I still, I mean, what's no money? Is that $100 no money? Is $1,000 no money? That's super relative mm -hmm. or subjective, rel relative. I don't know. What's one of those things? It's relative to the situation of what is no money. If you literally have no money, go get some rocks. So go find some pretty shells on the seashore and like, sell those and then you literally you know take that money and then reiterate right so uh that's me start with the minimum viable product what's the, mm -hmm. the smallest amount of thing that you can make some kind of money with doing it was actually a facebook connection that i saw i know i don't know this person we connected on facebook but i don't actually know them and only a few years ago she started her business by just hand making her clothing and selling at the local her local market and i think it's like 4 years later and she's in this like beautiful boutique like in a tourist city 
or a tourist town, I guess, that is very exclusive. And she's got this beautiful boutique and it's only taken her four years, but she's done like her, she was talking about her journey. It didn't just go from market to that boutique, but in four years, she just kept making steps forward, steps forward, steps forward. And, you know, she's where she is now. And I think that's the same with any business. Exactly. You've just got to start at the beginning. You can't start it for most people. They can't start at the boutique right at the beginning, but for her, if she hadn't have gone and got that exactly what you're saying, that MVP and getting, you know, out there and at the markets and chatting to the people and and finding out what people like and and what people are willing to spend money on and getting, you know, having those conversations of how do I change this? How do I make it better? She potentially may not have wound up there anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, those yeah, those experiences matter, right? Those conversations matter greatly. So yeah, so I speaking of experiences, so I haven't done a video on this yet. I probably will do, maybe do a live stream or something. I did post a picture on Facebook. I haven't posted on Instagram yet. I have returned as the COO of Pardo Fleet Solutions, this company that's this hat, not this hat. That's the super hat. This hat right here. And like today was actually somewhat move-in day. I had to actually evict, <laughs> I had to evict my dad out of his office and move him to a different office in a slightly different part of the building to make room for me to be able to have a desk and all that. In fact, I, I need to go pick up a desk because getting desks is not easy. I went to Staples. The first Staples I went to that's been there for, I don't even know how long it's been there, but it's been there as long as I can remember, was no longer there. <laughs> it, was, it was literally just like, you know, for, like a for rent sign up on the window. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Well, that really sucks. Okay, so I went to a different side. You know, I drove across to another town, went to that Staples. All they have, I like 30-inch deep desks. I don't like 24-inch desks. I don't know how that equates to middle, <laughs> millimeters or centimeters. I've seen or... no idea. Sorry, can't help you. No uh, idea. Well, I think Google can. Uh, let's well, how, how many inches was it? Sorry, 30. 30. So 762 millimeters. So would that be what we, 76 centimeters? Up? Centimeters. 76 centimeters. Yes, <laughs> that is. So I because most of the desks are 24 and I do not like as a six foot three person, I do not like a 24 inch desk. I like my monitor to be a little bit further away from me. It's just, you know, every time I've tried a 24-inch desk, I did not like the experience at all. So my dad had a desk there, but the desk has like a like a metal bar going underneath the wood. And uh -huh. it's like about a half inch, quarter inch too thick for me to be able to get my clamps, like my monitor clamp uh, on there okay. and everything. Like, because I'm going to have some lighting and a camera set up and a, my microphone like my microphone set up like I have here so that I can do videos from there at night or after hours before hours and things like that so I can kind of fill in the you know my YouTube obligations <laughs> to you know to continue to produce content so I need to be able to have things like that plus for like call you know video calls video and stuff like that which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, super common mm -hmm. now that that uh -huh. you know the the illness has happened so anyway, trying to go get a desk, I actually have to go get a desk tonight because that desk that's already there is just not, it's 20, it's only 24 inches deep and not going to work for me with my clamps, everything's monitor clamps and, and all that. So yeah, so that makes, means that I have a lot more on my plate <laughs> in the near that's future. That's a lot you know, in more. In the very near future here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations being back in the business. Oh. 
Hey, thank you. I mean, I never truly left. I was just not going to work. I would only go like one day a week because I was mostly maintaining systems and things, processes from here, from here in my garage, mm-hmm. as a, a certain famous nobody would say. Um, <laughs> you know, so anyway, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be a challenge. I'm always up for a challenge. And we will see how all that plays out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, we have good, been it? <laughs> we have been here for I think the longest show we've ever done, Joe. Ding ding. Ding <sighs> ding. We've had the most questions we've ever had, too. We have. So, Thank you everyone for call. all your questions. Yeah. So good. Yes. It has been awesome to get to help people literally across the world and have so many people, you know, want to take our advice. Or I should be pointing this way. To take our advice. It's a wonderful feeling and I just thankful for people to listen and, and watch. So very well said. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. So this episode has been sponsored by your podcastconcierge.com. If you have a podcast, if you have a clothing line and you want to start a podcast, hey, there's an opportunity to work with somebody who's going to help you get all that podcast audio edited, get it up online, walk you through the process you know, of getting things to work the way you need them to work so that people can hear you great and you, you know, sound great, your guests sound great, everybody, everything's great. So go, <laughs> go, 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 go to have a chat with Leon over at yourpodcastconcierge.com. Uh, we will be back. When we'll be back? In two weeks. In two weeks. I should have looked this up. In two weeks, we'll be back with another Business Geeks episode. So that is uh, Thursday, the 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, well, we'll be in daylight time then. So Yeah, I guess, I'm not quite sure yeah. what time it's going to be here. We might have to, we might actually have to work that out. We'll, we, we'll, yeah. we will figure it out. Um, and, and then I don't know what time it'll be in Australia, <laughs> but it'll be Friday morning, most likely, uh, and Thursday afternoon here in the States. Anyway, thank you all for watching and listening and joining us. Greatly appreciate you all. Take care and have a wonderful day. Ciao.